Hats Off is an edutainment podcast that is in no way a substitute for clinical assessment, diagnosis, and treatment. The views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and their guest. Mental health is defined as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. But sometimes we have to get real, and that's when we say, hats off. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hi guys, welcome Hatheads. How's everybody doing? We chill for another rousing rendition of Hats, Hats Off, Off Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's your host, uh, Courtney and Earl. Um, let's check in. How are ye? Hear ye, hear ye, peasants in saints. <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm actually... This week went by actually pretty fast, surprisingly. I was very booked. But, um, recharged from my mini vacay for my brother Julian's birthday. Happy birthday, Jill! Juju's 22. Oh, that rhyme. That is Juju's 22. That should have been the hashtag. That should have been the hashtag. Dang <sighs> it. You live and you learn. Yeah. Um, uh, look at there. Sorry, you guys. I've never paid attention to my ceiling fan like that. Huh. It's a lovely fan. I just never saw the civil part. Oh. But um it's quite eye catching. <laughs> um recharged, feeling great. Um I figured out what I'm doing for my birthday. Yay. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I think we're gonna just do another trip to ATL okay. though. Okay. Um but New Year's Eve is my birthday is New Year's Eve, everyone. Yes. So it's like mandatory that I do the things. Absolutely. Um but yeah. then there's always things to do. Too. Yes. It's nice to always have things to yeah. do on your birthday. Because I definitely, my friends don't know, but I definitely was like not about to do any other things with them. I was going to just probably go to a spa and just relax and not interact with any of the people. <laughs> but um, that little getaway made me want to let them have my day again because <laughs> it's their day. I understand. But yeah. Yeah. Good. So shout out to Sierra because that's she is she's the one that says it's our day. No, gotcha. so Sierra, I will be giving you information this weekend. So when you listen tomorrow, so, there you are. Yeah, hey Sierra, Sierra. So uh-oh, uh-oh. in high school, uh-huh. <laughs> Chelsea and Victoria, my best friends, when they would see Sierra, they used to, we used to do this little thing. We'd be like Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. <clears throat> we were like, see, Eva. Uh-huh. I can't do it right now because yeah, I'm hollering. But we would do a little. 
Oh, like the run? Uh-huh. I and love do it. And do it in like harmony. I love it. Whenever we would see her. I know she was like. I, I and the sad thing, it. Sierra didn't even go to school with us, but Sierra used to always be at our high school. Why? Sierra was in our yearbook three years in a row. <laughs> what? How are you in somebody's yearbook and you don't go to their school? Sierra would come to people's classes. Because Sierra, what? when we were seniors, Sierra had early dismissal. So did I. So she would just come to our school. And she went to school oh, like almost Lord. down near downtown Columbia and near that. But would drive to Northeast. She was in our yearbook literally multiple times. She used to be at the school helping us hang stuff. Um, now she partially got in the yearbook senior year because we were all on a yearbook committee. <laughs> but we needed group pictures and Sierra was in every group shot. Oh my God. So yeah, Sierra definitely used to be up at um, RV like she was an alumni. Yeah. I like it. Well, good job, Sierra, for attending two schools at And once. she came to our prom. <laughs> she went to our proms. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like it. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, Sierra. Only person I know on earth that does that. But how That's are you? Awesome. I'm good. I So, earlier today, I was telling um, my coworker, Gretchen, that I think I have pseudo-bobar affect. Because I think I've so okay so pseudo bobar so break that down so pseudo bobar <laughs> affect is when you have like um, inappropriate responses to things like you burst into That's tears for no reason <laughs> or you burst into laughter at inopportune like at wrong at the wrong times usually it's associated with a TBI um, like people with TBIs will have them but I have decided that because I am so tired and delirious. I have developed pseudo-bobar affect. And so I feel like when things, when I need to be like focused and serious, I'm like just bursting out into laughter. You do do and that. Then, yeah, when I get tired, I nut up. You I nut silly all the way and up. ridiculous. And so I bear witness to this, especially at the, jo- at the actual job. Yes, I've seen you do exactly. this. Exactly. So I, for me, I think it, the onset of my pseudo-bobar affect is being exhausted and delirious. Pseudo-bobar. Yeah, I just think pseudo bobar affect. Pseudo bodar. Bobar. B U L. Bobar. Pseudo bobar affect. Okay, yes. got it locked mm-hmm. in. That is what I think is happening for me, which is basically means I'm just nutting up because I'm so tired. Yes, but yesterday I went with my bestie Shelly. <clears throat> Hi, Shelly, to see the first show in our Broadway Light series um, season this year because. Um, we got season tickets this year because Carter and I are going to go see Hamilton, but the only way to guarantee Hamilton tickets is to get a season, to get the whole season. So we got the whole season. So I took my best friend to go see On Your Feet, which was the Gloria Estefan Mm -hmm. musical or Gloria and Emilio. It was so good. First off, (laughs) them people must have burned 6,000 calories each performance because they salsa'd for their life. Oh, God. Like, every, you know, it's a, a, you know, they're Cuban. Yeah. So, every like, musical number like, required this, like, elaborate salsa situation. I was like, they are shaking every part of their body. And I'm here for every bit of it. There was this, like, older guy in front of us who it was an older white guy, but I don't know if maybe the Miami Sound Machine was his life back in the day. Mm-hmm. But he was up, and he was like 60, <clears throat> but he was up there like just like, he just had all the shakes and wiggles. And then his mean looking wife was like a shrew. She wouldn't like dance or like like entertain with him at all. And then she made him leave early. I was like, you're a horrible oh. person. 
So, but he was having all the fun, and then he started crying at the sad scenes. Like, I think maybe he loves Gloria Stefan for real. He might. I think maybe he has a love for her, because it was <laughs> like, he was in it. But I also forget, like, how many songs Gloria Stefan has that I just absolutely adore. Like, Conga, and, you know, Get On Your Feet, like, all of them. Like, it was just, it was so good. Um, and then just her resiliency, because, you know, in the 90s, Gloria Stefan had that really bad bus act, like a, a semi-automatic truck hit. You don't know who that is. <laughs> the name sounds, okay, Stephon let me not say I don't know who it is, but the name sounds you extremely. Know, so come on, shake your body, baby, do Okay, never mind, okay, I'm lying, I know exactly uh, Okay, I was like, what? Never mind. No, because I'm sitting here looking at you, and I'm just like, oh, I so want to be here with you, but I don't know who you're talking about. You know about. who Gloria Stephan Now I do yes, know. her, so yeah. yeah. I like that song. That's on yes. like, oh, that was on Birdcage. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, in the 90s, oh, she Williams. was in New York, and she, um, they were going from, like, Syracuse to, um, New York City and on their like tour bus and like a semi-automatic hit them like a you know like an automatic truck like whatever like you know what I'm talking about like, no yeah, no 18 wheeler that's what I'm trying to say um and like for at first the reports were like Gloria Stefan died and this was back in the 90s so they didn't have like rapid you know re-release Jesus of things Christ. so they were like she dead you know what I mean and it's I was talking to my um co-worker I was like you know in minority communities we only get a few public examples especially back in like that like 90s i feel like we have more now yeah but like it was selena and gloria stefan so when they were like gloria stefan was dead i remember folks like falling out like because like we don't have nothing now because they were just like they didn't know what to do it would have been like somebody being like claire huxtable dead or like you know felicia rashad is dead yeah and we would have been falling out obama is that well obama wasn't around no i'm just saying no i'm talking about today right now i would genuinely because, I mean, somebody's got to be the president. I would have to dig in my roots. And Obama is the president, so. I might have to pull some coven stuff and bring him back. <laughs> and bring him back. You got to come back. Like, give me your hand. Who I need to sacrifice? <laughs> I, got, I got a list. Me too. I got a list, so. But yeah, so it was amazing. Um, it was really, really good. And I'm excited for the next one. The next show I'm going to go see is School of Rock. And Carter and I are going to go see that one. It's going to be so much fun. That was a great so, movie. Yeah, so that's going to be good. Um, and Carter and I have started the Hamilton um, soundtrack, so we're getting ready. I'm a, I'm in love already. And <laughs> so um, good. I really want to see that show in person. Yeah, Halloween was fun. <clears throat> Pooh was Alvin. Yes, it was. And um, I was Princess Celestia from My Little Pony. And I killed. Let me t- killed the best Aladdin ever. But shout out to Courtney because she made the costume. <laughs> All I did was make the hat and add the gold trim, but she made my pants. That is definitely better to be my new house pants. Yeah, those are some good pants. <sighs> Y'all, but I want to tell you, I, I love Halloween. And I've come to realize, because Tadian pointed out, he was like, you're just so festive. <laughs> He's like, you do the baby showers. Mm-hmm. You do the thing. He's like, you just really not. I'm going I'm to I'm hold. I'm going to accept that. Yeah. I definitely see myself throwing like the annual Halloween party that Absolutely. you can't do any repeat outfits or you can't come to the party. Can't wait. So I just want my house. Once I have my house, I'll throw those. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. That would be awesome. Give me so. two years. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was good. Um, And now it's Thursday and I'm ready to be done with the week. It's November. I know, it's November. Set your clocks back this weekend, people. That's a thing. Get on that. Um, it is November. What happened to 2017? What happened to 2017? 
I mean, it wasn't my favorite year, so it was a good year, but it wasn't my favorite. So, you know, I, I'm ready for 2018. It was a pretty dope year. I graduated. You did graduate. <laughs> we started the podcast. It was an, a, a lot of beginnings. A lot of new beginnings. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get out of my head. <laughs> a lot of new beginnings. And new beginnings, you take time. We're... We had to incubate the, you know, the new thing. So yeah. that's what that's what 2017 was. But I just had the weirdest urge. Okay, I want a baby, oh. but I don't. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't say. want it. Okay, I need. <laughs> Maybe my sister can have a baby, or you just go visit Callie. Like, yeah, but my are sister's you next door. The baby, like, just go see Callie. Maybe you're missing the baby. Callie's so far though, but oh, you're right. Yeah, no, I, don't, I think, don't. I don't think Brittany's about that life. No, no, neither of us. No, she's selfish. And when she hears this, she's gonna be like, "What?" Like I can just see Brittany. I think she should just be selfless <laughs> and give me a nephew. Mm-mm. I'm literally next door. I can watch him all the time and give him back. No, okay. See, that's the part. That's the part when they come back and then you have to keep raising them. Like that's the hard stuff. Like. Yeah, and they're only babies for a very short amount of time. I know, which sucks. And then they're just kids, and they got, like, smart See, and I don't and, want the kids. Like, Carter's in this weird, creepy thing. Like, earlier we were in the truck, and I was like, he kept being like, Mommy, and then he'd be like, right here by my face with his eyes wide open, like, looking crazy. And he thought that was the funniest thing. And he was creeping me out for real. See, um. Because, you know, I watch too much, like, Conjuring and shit. So I was like, get 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 away from me with this. I don't, mm-mm. So, I just want the baby face. mm you need to go like rock baby. They just in the grow hospital. up to. I would love to be a volunteer in the hospital yeah, and just, just sit there. Speaking of, did, okay, let's actually get to the point of it all. Let me. I'm just. I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. Because I was about to start a whole other conversation. Okay, well, we'll we'll do that about this yeah. and us. So. All right, so oh, I haven't watched this. Week. Oh, so never okay, mind. We'll so be yeah, it. Don't okay. really, yeah. All right, so tip our hats. Um, I have two this week. Um, my first one is my homeboy Jeremy Christian. He is a comedian um, living in L.A. He's doing big things. I'm so proud of him. We went to Clark Atlanta University together. So my freshman year of college, I went to Clark Atlanta University, and I met Jeremy um, and the other um, person that I'm about to mention. Um, They are alums. They graduated. I transferred to Winthrop. But we have stayed in contact, um, and I'm super proud of what they got going on. So follow Jeremy on Instagram at heyitsgumbo. H-E-Y-I-T-S-G-U-M-B-O. He's super funny. Um, And if you're in the L.A. area or you're about to be in the L.A. area sometime soon, check him out. And then the other person is my homegirl, Nicole Blair. Um, She's on Instagram under Nikki underscore Blair. So N-I-C-C-I underscore B-L-A-I-R. She's also a comedian and her and Jeremy are partnering and doing some awesome things. Um, And she's got a show coming up on November 3rd um, at 730 um, in L.A. So if you're in that area, check them out. Um, But she's also got some great videos and things as well. And her natural is amazing. So she is like a melanin soaked beautiful natural habit sister and uh i'm a fan so yay nicole and jeremy (laughs) tipping my hat greetings join us today 
as we tip our hats off to Kaleidoscope Counseling. Yeah. At Kaleidoscope Counseling on Instagram. But no, seriously, shout out to her because she's doing big things. I'm just all on her page and I'm low key kind of obsessed. <laughs> um, it is owned by Nidra mm-hmm. Glover. I don't like to pronounce people's names wrong, y'all. But yes, definitely check out her Instagram page or book a session. Book a session. Because <laughs> we it's all need to be on somebody's name couch. starts with Ty and ends with Reese. You should book a session. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, huh. Greetings. You can visit her site at Kaleidoscope Counseling, PLLC.com, and order one of her amazing planners. So type in that same link, backslash, I'm lying, forward slash, empowered dash planner, forward slash. Yes. And get your life. And get all your life. Get a planner so and get on her things. couch. Yes, all the things. Couch and plan. Couch and plan. That's what we got to do in 2018. Couch, couch and plan. And plan. All right, guys, so we are talking about trauma. And we're also going to kind of, like, discuss just a couple of things that we are looking into right now and trying to understand ourselves. So, so trauma is a very broad term. Um, it's something that both Earl and I are very passionate about, working with survivors of trauma. People are often confused about what trauma actually is. So when we're talking about, so there's like physical trauma, like if you sustain an injury to your body, Mm -hmm. um, and then there's psychological trauma. Um, And what I don't think people understand is that sometimes a physical incident, a physical encounter leads to psychological trauma. A lot of times there's a psychological trauma attached to a physical incident. Um, So psychological trauma is a type of damage to the mind that occurs as a result of a severely distressing event. Trauma is often the result of an overwhelming amount of stress that exceeds one's ability to cope or integrate the emotions involved with that experience. So if you experience an event that takes you past your basic level of coping, like we all, and it's all on a continuum, everyone's Mm -hmm. different, but everyone has their own like baseline level of coping where something, whether it's stressful or upsetting, doesn't push us over that edge. Mm -hmm. Trauma happens when you've gone past that point, when you are, when your basic level of coping no longer works, you have then experienced trauma. Um, So trauma can be anything from like a car accident to the loss of a family member to experiencing a violent act of, you know, being mugged or robbed or or mugged or robbed, the same thing, sorry, Um, sexually assaulted, um, being in a domestic violence, yes, or witnessing um, a violent act um, to, you know, having a serious injury to getting a medical condition, you know what I mean? Like, you know, getting, you know, having cancer or having a family member have cancer, losing a child. Like there are lots of things that can be traumatic to Mm -hmm. someone. It's anything that takes you over your threshold past your normal ability to cope. And so I think part of the struggle is a, people not being able to define or actually identify, yes, I am, have experienced trauma and how that has impacted them. And then also feeling like maybe their trauma isn't as bad as someone else's. And so I need to just like get over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I experience a car accident 
feeling like, well, I wasn't at war. You know mm. what I mean? I wasn't in Iraq. So well, nobody died. If nobody died, so why am I still so bothered? Yeah. So, yeah. So, Earl, talk a little bit about what happens after someone experiences trauma. Like, what happens to the person? Oh, a number of things can actually happen if we were talking about, like, actual criteria-wise. I mean, some people might distance themselves. They might not feel like themselves. Might have... A lack of sleeping or excessive sleeping, a lack of appetite or stress eating. Um, I said withdrawal, right? Mm -hmm. Withdrawal. Uh, You might have constant reminders of that event, meaning it's like replaying like a reel. Or even when you're in opportune times, you might be at like lunch with your friends eating and then bam, you just end up thinking about it. Or you might be triggered by, let's say... If you were sexually assaulted and you smell, you know, you remember from that that experience was might have been a, a particular smell, mm-hmm. and you might go out somewhere and s- smell it, and all of a sudden you're like, you might relive the whole situation, Absolutely. which all correlate to PTSD, but it could be signs of just like you reliving that trauma. Exactly, and I think that's interesting. You said that, so your olfactory sense, your sense of smell is the only sense that triggers us in that way. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, um, if you think about, you know, if you smell like grass, it takes you to a memory. Mm-hmm. Like, our olfactory sense is the sense that's most connected to our memories. Mm-hmm. So, we don't think about our olfactory sense as much. I think we, I think we don't. Like, we're always, like, you know, the sight and hearing. But it's almost, touch. like, the most important. But it's kind of, yeah, it's the one, for some reason, it's just got this this direct connection to our brains that hmm. um, makes us more vulnerable to be triggered by something. Like, if you smell, like, when I smell, like, collard greens, I'm immediately thinking about Annalie Davis. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always going to think about my grandma. Yeah. Um, if I, you know, smell cool water cologne, I think about the first fuck nigga that I love. You know what I mean? Everybody's got something. So, yeah. So, um, it's all about, you know, recognizing that you may be triggered yeah. by things that actually don't have anything to do with the event. And yet the trigger is still very real. And the major thing about trauma is <clears throat> it kind of distracts you from keeping, I don't want to say keep going, but it, it kind of hinders you. Mm. It, mm-hmm. like the word it says, it's traumatic. It's, exactly. It's taking you out of your norm where exactly. you're not able to function. Yes. Your, um, your, um, oh, what's it called? Activities of daily, your AD, ADLs, or activities of daily living. Yes, or, not to say daily activities, but pretty much your yeah. everyday, but that's right, exactly. the one you said. The one, so the, your ADLs are like your, the things that you just do on a regular basis. So if you experience something and then all of a sudden you are hindered from doing those things. Getting up, brushing your teeth, get cooking yeah. breakfast, exactly. going to class, going to work, or your Driving norm. your car. Yeah. yeah. If something takes you out of your norm, then more than likely that's a traumatic experience mm-hmm. that you've had that you weren't able to then move forward with. Because again, it takes you past your regular coping. So if I experience a hard day, I just deal with it. You know what I mean? I cope because it's just a hard day. But if I experience a traumatic event, I'm not able to then do the things I need to do the mm-hmm. next day. Like that's a different type of experience. So um, that's kind of how you can tell the difference between the two. Now let's be clear. If you are just having a hard day or you're just finding yourself struggling or you're sad or like nothing has happened, like still get some help. Yeah. Like don't sit in your sadness and be like, well, I didn't experience any trauma, so I guess I'm all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like don't mm-hmm. wait until you cross and your threshold. And don't compare 
Don't you compare. ever don't ever compare. Comparison is the death of happiness. Okay, it is the death of happiness. Cause because it will. If you are looking for ways that you're not enough, you will always find them. Because that is just the way the world is built. It is set up to tell you you need more. To humble you. You you are not enough. You need more. More clothes, more money, more more love, and you don't. But that's what that's how a capitalist system is built. And so stop looking for examples of all the shit you don't have because you'll always find it. And it's still a lie. And once you get all those things, you still won't be satisfied because satisfaction comes from inside. So that's just a little PSA on comparison. Um, So Earl and I, when we were researching this topic, came across an interesting concept of post-traumatic growth. And we're still... I'm kind of struggling. We're still hmm <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, because of... Okay, so basically post-traumatic growth is the ability to shift and grow from a traumatic experience. Like, for your life, for that experience to change you for the good. Um, so when we first heard about it, we were like, oh, okay, that's what's up. You know, becoming more resilient mm-hmm. and all of that. But then as we read more about it, um, two things. Um, one article we were looking at was talking about how the information is just gathered through self-report. Yeah. So basically, I'm like, so Earl, after you experienced that traumatic event, did you feel better? Do you feel like you're a better person? Yeah. Yeah, I feel great. Exactly. But we don't have no proof. Now, Earl right. can say that to me and then go ahead and slap the next six people he sees <laughs> and... Like, we wouldn't know. Yeah. So, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't observable changes. It's it was just self-report. As, yeah. Which makes things less um, accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was also the issue of, you know, we were like, oh, it's like resilience, becoming more resilient. But this one article was saying how post-traumatic growth is not resilience. And if you are resilient, you do not experience post-traumatic growth. Basically, they were saying that if you're resilient already, when traumatic events happen, you approach them as a resilient being. But if you're not resilient, when a trauma happens, it shifts you and then it changes your belief of yourself, you know, your your spiritual belief. Like, it, it shifts you and then... You become. You're, you become resilient. And I don't know how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, because I'm literally sitting here because I'm just like, I feel like that's almost like saying born versus created. Yeah. Because I'm, 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 I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, then how do you become resilient? Is that something that's <laughs> yes, already innate? Exactly. Are you trying to say that's like innate in some? That's like the whole, our leaders made or born type of thing. Yeah. Because that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Because I'm just like, uh, are you just born resilient? Yeah. Which we know is... In some ways, yes. Like there are because I mean that just goes towards personality, you know, exactly. But yeah. but even I though, feel like, like something had yeah. to awaken exactly that trait in you exactly. to make you resilient. Exactly. So that's why I'm kind of struggling with the whole. I'm just struggling with the concept. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Too, I am too. And so we're gonna, you know, we're bringing it up because we think that you know it's important to share the information and allow people to. Um, you know, research for themselves and and bring concepts like to their therapist or to their yeah. friends or to their supports to kind of a, a and delve into it exactly. But we are also as clinicians, you know, licensed clinicians, like hmm. Like that's right. interesting to me. Like I, I really want to do some more research. On yeah, it. 
Yeah. And we might have to bring in our girl, Bev, who's our trauma expert, um, and get her her thoughts on it as well. So there may be a follow-up to this one. Um, But I think, you know, resilience, when you're talking about overcoming a traumatic event, um, it it is a very important piece of it. And Mm -hmm. I think how resilient you are at the time of the event does determine how well you come through the event, but your resilience then also grows. I wonder, can your resilience regress? Mm. See, I see that's another thing. Like I think, Cause I feel it like it depends on the event. Like I have experienced, you know, I've experienced yeah. some really hard things mm-hmm. in probably the last five or six years. Um, but and I feel like I've overcome those things. Mm-hmm. And if something were to happen to Carter, mm-hmm. all that shit would be out the window. Like you know what I mean? Like I just feel like, like it will make you start I, over. Yeah, that, it's that almost would like. Be, it's almost like, say we have a chart, mm-hmm. a resiliency chart, mm-hmm. bar, whatever you want to do, or tank, and you feel it, feel it, feel it up, like, I'm resilient, but I feel like when, like you said, if something was to happen to Carter mm-hmm. or something, I feel like it would make you start at a blank slate. Exactly, yeah, it would erase, yeah. And you're starting the all the way over, exactly. and you're beyond resilient, but exactly. I feel like it would be, you would start exactly. over. so yeah. And then, what I want them to... Okay, so I don't know who is ever out here doing this study, but I wonder to bring up because suicide is real, mm-hmm, very much mm-hmm. real. If they were to compare suicide rates of like people that have experienced traumatic events versus the people that are self, you know, reporting that they feel better, they're stronger. Come, I want, I want to see what those numbers look like because mm-hmm. now I feel like that would go back to the whole idea of like resiliency. If it was like them before, or it was like you said, post traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to see what that would look like. Yeah, because look, you think about Robin Williams. Yeah, who grew up in an incredibly traumatic experience, mm-hmm. had battled addiction and depression all of his life, had overcome so much mm-hmm. hardship. He was obviously resilient. Yeah, and then he got that diagnosis of ALS or Parkinson's, and. Do you was think, like I can't do it. No, that's what they, he was like. No, I'm not. No, do you think resiliency reaches a max? Mm, like I, I wonder. <laughs> Dear I God, probably, if resiliency reaches a max, can you extend? But the like, limits? I wonder. Do people like people get tired? Yes. So like, I people wonder after a while, like, does your resiliency just max out to a point where you're just like, I well. I don't think everybody contemplates suicide, but like yeah. you know, you just reach but a more max than, than a lot then that people, will yeah, say it. Exactly. But like reach that max of like mm-hmm. I have literally mm-hmm. taken on too like, much. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, because like I often think about people that have been like, and I'm just going to use like an extreme example, but which is still true. People who have been like sexually assaulted multiple times, mm-hmm. and. By different people like that, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. I just want like if you just max out. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, even the strongest people break. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because I think about Khalif Broward. So for y'all who don't know, so Khalif Broward was the young man who was in New York City, and they accused him of stealing the book bag, and they sent him to 
Yes. Jail or prison. They sent him to like Rikers for two. He's what, 15, 16? Like 15, 16. They sent him for like two years just because he couldn't make, his family couldn't afford the bail. He never had a trial. The charges were dropped. No one ever said anything. He experienced horrendous trauma and abuse in those two years that he was in prison. He got out. He sued. He became the public face of, you know, a broken system, our broken, our broken justice system. And eventually he committed suicide. Like, he just couldn't. Like, even though he was out, even though he was free, even though he received he wasn't mentally free. he was broken. And, you know what I mean? Like, you would think, well, once you've made it through, you must be, you But know, I almost feel like getting through that, not saying that's the easy part, but I feel like it's living with that after yes, the fact. Yes, yes. Because yes. he had to, he might have been physically free, mm-hmm. but I think like the biggest trial was like that, that mental mm-hmm. part, that, that mm-hmm. after, and also that publicize of like, now you are the face of yeah, all the exactly. things. Like everybody is looking to you and they want you to show up, exactly. but ain't nobody ever showed up for him. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know the story. I haven't, I have to be honest. There's a good documentary. Jay-Z was part of the, was an executive producer about Khalif Brown, and I've heard a lot of I need to watch it. Good things, but I'm just in a space where it just I'm so y'all tired. I'm in a <laughs> chronic state of disappointment with the world right now, and because of that, I am trying really hard not to protect yourself, take in too much because I do need to. You know, look at my own mental health. I need to show up for myself. I need to show up for my son. I need to show up for my clients and my friends. Um, And so I don't, I'm trying to absorb as little, like, outside sadness as possible. Um, And so I haven't watched it yet because it just, I know the ending and I know I'm going to be sad and angry and... Yeah, so I haven't watched it. So I don't know, like, what mental health resources he received afterwards. I know that their battle was long. He didn't have money for um, bail, so I doubt he had money to go to, like, a Mm -hmm. top-notch therapist in New York City. Like, you know what I mean? So I feel like he probably suffered just, you know... For a really long time, just trying to wipe. And then, like, it. pushed to where you're now a public celebrity, exactly. and having to deal with the pressures of that and that anxiety. Exactly, and the trolls and the people who were probably like, you know, he probably did steal that mm-hmm. bag and whatever. You're a criminal. You a thug. You a nigger. Like all the I stuff hate trolls. that he had to deal with on top of it. You know, because I think part of the worst part of experiencing a trauma is then not being believed. I think it's what happens it's after a slap the, in the face that really shifts how you move through that trauma and how you see the world you already see the world as a darker place but then not not only you have to have that traumatic event but now you have to have the naysayers exactly who are telling you that your truth is not true yes and sometimes it's people like you love and that love you and or say they love you and what's interesting is i think people who automatically like it's not true is almost like a, a way to protect themselves yes because they can't imagine how dark the world can be. And now, and they also, I feel like a part of them feel like it's their fault. Mm-hmm. So they try to like, it's not true. Yeah. And, and try to convince that person. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Because Gabrielle Union talks about that. Because mm-hmm. she was, you know, she's very vocal about her sexual assault being raped at 19. But she said, like, she says, and she says it's weird to say. Like, she says, like, it's weird to say, but I was lucky 
because she was assaulted. It was a random assault. It wasn't someone she knew. Because mm. I think there's a layer to that when you think you know somebody. That's a and different type of trust broken violate, trust. Exactly. They violate you in that way. She was in an affluent area with a very unbusy police force. So she got everything she needed immediately. Yeah. They were all kind. They were all trained on how to deal with sexual assault. The um, people at the hospital were amazing. So she got a very, she recognizes that that Which is, is not, not a regular this. experience. And you know you and I have seen. Exactly. It is There's not. a lot of like, were you drinking? What did you wear? How come did you do or say anything that led him to believe that you wanted it? Like, Ugh. there's usually it's the exact opposite, um, unfortunately. Um, and part of it is because I think it's so common that the people who are the helpers get... Um, like they get um oh, what's the word desensitized to it you know what i mean and so for you it's fresh and it's happened to you but for the nurse who's doing your um your sand sand mm-hmm. you're saying you're um, saying yeah you're um what you say like your rape kit basically mm-hmm. that that nurse if you're the like thousand rape kit she's done you know what i mean which is unfortunate it's like another task but it's just another thing um because i think you know because also secondary trauma is very much yeah that's what i was speaking about earlier is that is also a form of trauma like Mm -hmm. hearing stories often can trigger you like you'll realize which is why they always say you you have peer groups and Mm -hmm. and check-ins because it's very easy to take on your client's Stories and sometimes, which is interesting, it kind of bleeds into your stories. And not saying you make false memories, but sometimes, actually, you do realize repression. Yeah, repression is real. Sometimes you will have repressed something and not realize it until you're in a session and you hear somebody else stuff and you realize, oh my god, that me too, that Mm -hmm. that that, a memory pop in your head, exactly. You remember, I came to you, remember I last year after the session, I was like, I just got a random memory mm-hmm. from when I was nine that I never even remembered. Yeah. And bam. Well, of course, I, I'll say I never remembered. Duh. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that thing is real, y'all. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's why I think it's important for, you know, helping professionals of all kinds to be on somebody's couch. Like you can't sit, you cannot expect yourself to absorb other people's pain, hurt, sadness for years and years and years and years. And you not have an outlet for that and think that you're going to come out of that unscathed. Like you can't, like you can't think that that's a thing. And if you think that's a thing, that's not a thing. <laughs> Because come on, come on, <laughs> yeah. Come on. So you need to make sure that you are getting the help and support you need. You know what I mean. And I think peer groups are amazing. And I do also think that you know having your own relationship with the therapist because we all come into life, our, our careers, with our own experiences. Mm-hmm. So you've experienced things in life before you even met that client. Like you know what I mean. It's not like you came to you know this job with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So whatever you brought in, now put other people's pain and struggle on top of that. Okay, you you. you you better take care of yourself. Hey, hot mess soup. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying, and that's how we find ourselves in trouble because we're not built to sit in our pain. 
That's just not how humans are built. So we're going to manage the pain one way or the other. And that's where the addictions, the risky behaviors, the acting out, the anger, the overeating, the uh, like, you know, like all the things are ways for you to medicate the pain if you're not medicating in a healthy manner. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're going to medicate it one way or the other. So either medicate it on a couch and a good self-care and good connections and good, you know, supports, or you're going to medicate it in an unhealthy way. Right. But you're not going to sit in the pain. That's just not how we're built. So, so what do you think are the steps if you recognize, you know what, I have experienced trauma. Like, what do you do? Find a therapist. <laughs> That's this. Depending on the trauma. Well, you said ex- you think you have. So, like, yeah, you come you're to like, the realization. I think I've experienced trauma. Yeah. Yeah, I think depending on your level of, I'm not going to say confidence. I don't want to use that word. Or readiness. Mm -hmm. But I am one of those people. I don't want to lie. But, okay, I am one of those people. So I will, I I typically go to somebody I know first. Mm -hmm. And, um... And maybe it depending on, like I said, the trauma. Maybe they might be able to confirm. Mm. Like I said, depending on it, just depends. You might need to go to somebody that you know, mm-hmm. and might not do a check in, but ask some questions mm-hmm. and get their perspective. Then I definitely say see a therapist. Mm-hmm. But it just depends. Like I mean, say if you were your trauma was like you were maybe sexually assaulted or, or touched or something as a child or growing mm-hmm. up and you might not remember or you you might have a feeling so you might ask someone who might have been a, you know maybe it's a sibling you know ask somebody yeah who might be able to add clarification for you or you know because sometimes even in general you have to ask people who are older because mm-hmm. they can bring they were there too so they can bring their perspective but i mean i definitely always say go to a therapist yeah yeah before anything yeah and i think being careful again if you want to bring it up with somebody be careful who you bring it up with like if you feel like maybe you experienced molestation as a child by this person oh god don't please don't don't confront them no um or people like if it's somebody in your family and your family's very close-knit, and you know that your family is not one to, like, talk about things like that. You know what I mean? They sweep yes. that stuff under the rug. Like, don't go to them with the expectation or that they're going to, like... if they're one of those it. people that are going to go act, start conversations yes. with other people about it. Yes. It's, like I said, that's why I say I'm very... I'm careful about what I'm telling y'all. Yeah. But I, I do think... a therapist. A therapist. Right. But, I mean, I'm one of those people that I have to ask questions questions so mm-hmm. i might not even bring it up like saying like talking about myself i might like just do a hypothetical mm-hmm. where i might like say go to a friend like i might go to courtney and be like what's your thoughts on so and so just to see what another input mm-hmm. but like i said again you definitely need to go to a therapist yeah yeah even if it's just like for a like an intake part like just a you know mm-hmm. a quick session exactly. just so you can get more information and see if that's a thing for you absolutely yeah um and i think you know the most important thing to remember of if you've experienced a trauma that involves another person because again you can experience a trauma you can have a bad car accident Mm -hmm. and that's a trauma but if you experience a trauma that involves another person 
searching for them to own their stuff or apologize or somehow make amends is probably not going to be, it's probably not going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do the work for you. I think a lot of times we allow our healing to hinge on whether someone's going to apologize or do better by us. Or and injustice. we cheat ourselves when we do that. because Or, the, or justice yeah. won't be served. Because justice and is... as unfair as that is, don't let your healing be hindered by others. Yeah. You seek your healing regardless. Let karma work that shit out. I mean, do the things. If you want to file charges, if you want to hold people accountable, if you want to tell your story, do that. But if nothing comes of that, don't let that stop your healing. You seek your healing anyway. You continue to move forward and be better and and, and get yourself help regardless of what happens on the like, you know, on the other side of it. Mm. So yeah, um, I think it's important that you really assess the events in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you connect with people that you trust and that you know for a fact care about you. Um, get the needed assistance. And if you feel like it's something that you really need to dive deeper into, getting the needed assistance. Now, let me, now let's say this. If you start working on trauma, there will be some side effects to that. Yes. If you start doing work on trauma, it will start to bring up some things. And for a minute, it may feel worse before it gets better. But also, let me reassure you that the better you will have on the other side of that (laughs) will surpass the white knuckling better that you've been faking for however many years. Things are always going to be hard before they get easier. It's going to be harder before it's easier. Like... Every single time. And those side and effects can include... Anxiety, depression, new <sighs> triggers. Physically being sick. Absolutely. Whether that is you, you know, vomiting or... It's... Side effects are legit real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they will come up. Things and will come up. Don't try to just dive mm-hmm. in. You really got to do it peace. Yeah. But I mean, with any therapist you would, I pray they would not throw you in. But yeah. you got to just take it piece by piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And be really, really, really intentional about your self-care. Yes. Making sure that you are doing things daily, weekly, and monthly to take care of yourself. Make sure you're connecting with your people. You're not isolated. Make sure your boundaries are clear and you're not putting yourself in situations where you're around people who stress you out, cause you problems. I don't mm-hmm. care if that's your mama, your cousin, your, your, your co-worker. You know what I mean? When you are doing hard work mm-hmm. for on yourself, you got to cut some shit out. And sometimes that shit is people. You know what I mean? You got to unfollow them fools okay. on on Facebook. Block. You got to tell your crazy cousin that you, you can't hang out with her. Like, you know, you got to do what you need to do when you're in those difficult spaces. So just be aware Listen. that that's really important. And yeah, so that's also really important for you to remember. All right. So we hope that that was helpful. Um, and we will be back with question of the day. The question of the day is... How do you know when you need to check in with others? Whether it's at work, home, etc. So I think... So we're always having a conversation with ourselves, right? (laughs) If that conversation is getting negative, abusive, um, 
aggressive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you are in a really rough space with how you are talking to yourself, mm-hmm. you need to check in with some other people. You know what I mean? And if you are making up a story. So I had to do this just very recently. I'll be real transparent. I've been in a space. And so I was worried that some of my friendships weren't right. And so I just sent messages like, hey, we good? Because I'm in a space. Uh And so I just want to make sure I'm not making anything up. Because, A, if our friendship isn't good, I need to know Mm -hmm. so that we can address it. And B, if our friendship is good, I need to know that I'm nothing up. Like I just be like, oh, okay, this is I this need to is check in, and I need to add it to my list of things to talk to my therapist about. <laughs> gotcha. You know what I mean? And my friends were like, no, we're absolutely good. Like everybody's busy, it's fine. But I think you know, a we should be checking in just regularly, just on a regular regular, yeah, because it's good for our mental health. But I also think that kind of when you notice what you're saying to yourself isn't positive it's very degrading it's very judgmental you're kind of really carrying some guilt some sadness around you should probably be reaching out to your people um and again you should also be reaching out to you know professionals hmm do you have no you <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking in what you said because see um yeah that's some great advice, Courtney. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yes, I, I, I try sometimes. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope that helps, Anonymous. Do we have another question? Yeah, I do. Have... We actually have, oh, okay. I have a follow-up. Sorry, Anonymous. Um, <laughs> so the follow-up to, what, to, to that was literally, quote, taking a moment. How do you know when to take a step back? And is it okay not to be strong every minute of the day of your life? Also, is it okay to admit that you aren't able to do something? I'm like you start. Y'all, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. I, I got I'm all about taking a moment. Take y'all be self be selfish and selfless, but if you're if it is starting to interfere with your peace and your sanity, you need to Press that selfish button mm-hmm. and take that moment. It's definitely okay to take a step back. It's mandatory that it's you take mandatory. a step back. If you don't take that step back, you're gonna take a step forward off the cliff. Yep, yep. And your life is over. Yep. No. Ugh. Take a can I take a step back? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. It is needed. Like imagine if you don't take those imagine being at work. Mm-hmm. From 9 to 5 and don't take no break. Mm. What is that like? Mm-hmm. Now take that feeling and multiply it times 10 if you don't take a moment in your life. Your mm-hmm. everyday life. Mm-hmm. You don't like that feeling, do you? Mm-mm. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. 100% right. Um, and I think we struggle with being selfish and saying no. Um, and creating boundaries. But you can't give what you don't have. And so if you are depleted, like I had this conversation with a client the other day. I was like, um, isn't it better to not show up if you're not in a good space? Like if Earl is struggling and, and he's like, oh, Courtney, I need you. And I'm struggling. 
is it selfish of me to show up knowing that I ain't got what he needs? Because what's going to end up happening is I'm going to make it about me. And we two struggling people. Exactly. <laughs> like, he's going to be crying. I'm like, I know me too because I've got pseudo mobile And like, you, you know are what I'm foolish. Saying? Instead of me being like, let me call Shadell <laughs> and Shanti and see if they got it. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, let me connect. I am not in a good space. And so I'm not going to help. And you have so, to say that. Let me call Brett and see if Brett because she's right there. She's right there. <laughs> Next door. Let, let me get Brett to come over because I don't want to make this about me. I want you to get mm-hmm. what you need, and I can't be what you need. Like, what kind of? That's a that's an act of love. That's an act of. And it's hard up. to say that. It is. But you have to think: Am I going? Am I going to help, or I'm going to cause more harm? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because if you go there and monopolize, you know. The situation to make it about yourself, then that's gonna create resentment from them. And I'm like, you know what? I just I don't know why I even call. I can't ever get it out to them. Exactly. So you know, is save your relationship now versus mm-hmm. having to work on it later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And if you are a parent, I think it's even more important. Your children should see you taking a moment. They should see you being able to say, "Mommy's overwhelmed. Daddy's overwhelmed. I need to step back." Like. That teaches because kids are going to do what they see you do. Um, and so it was interesting. I was talking to a, a, my cousin, maybe I was talking to somebody on the phone about this um musical I saw called Fun Home. Mm-hmm. And in the musical, the daughter was confronting her mother about how she had lived a lie, like how she was so the mother, the father was a closeted gay man, and the daughter was like, How could you stay married to him? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this what you wanted? And so the mom tells this, sings this song about like how she just, you know, days and days and days of faking it. And she tells the daughter, she's like, when you leave here, don't ever come back because I didn't teach you to give away your days. And I think it was my cousin. She was like, but she did though. Because she, you gave away your days. Yeah. So you literally. taught her exactly how to give away her days. And I was like, ooh. Snaps you to right. you, like, processor. Your kids are going to do what they see you do. And so if you teach them that you never take a moment, you just power through, you just show up for people, you just always keep going, that's what they're going to do. If you teach them, mommy's upset and I need a moment, please go like watch TV or go sit in your room for five minutes, which your kids will be fine, then they will learn to be like, I'm upset, I, I need should a minute. probably take a moment. <laughs> and so I think it's essential for your mental health and for the example of around for those that you love. That you take a moment and yeah. do those things. So, yes, anonymous. Always take a moment. And so, okay, but the question was like, how do you know when? Hmm. When you become you, okay, it's different situations. Yeah, I said, I'll speak for me because mm-hmm. I feel this emotion more than anything <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> when you feel like you're becoming agitated, yes. and you're having to like check your mouth or kind of like. Grab yourself back. Mm-hmm. That's when you need them. You know, you need a moment when you're instantly like when you are, even if it's a friend and like they're coming to you for advice or something, and you, in your head, you're getting agitated and you you're coming up with some like responses that might be like snarky or a little mm-hmm. bit rude. That's when you know you need to take a moment, or when you're just like a legit, a legit again agitated, or what's some other emotions. I think if it's. If your reaction to things are not matching the stimuli. Yes, there we go. If it's hysterical, it's historical. So if you drop 
some toothpaste on the counter, and the next thing you know, you are balled up on the floor. Crying. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I can't do it. You should probably take a Or knocking the door you know off the hinges. Saying? Yes. If you, if your computer does the thing that it does every single time, <laughs> and you throw it out the window, you probably you need take to take a You need to take a whole moment. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. If the sun shines, I've had one time where the sun Earl, it was the sun, was shining in my face, <laughs> and I was cussing the sun for all. No, it no, was no, worth. the bird, the bird, y'all. <laughs> what was was that? This summer? No, that was last. This was last year when we were both working together. It was still. last year. Okay, so and <laughs> I like to sleep with my windows cracked, which is probably how I ended up with a bee infestation a couple of weeks ago in my room. But I digress. But I like to sleep. I like natural air. And there was one day, it was, I was trying to sleep in and I never get to sleep in and I love to sleep in. <laughs> and this bird, so I live, like my house backs up to the woods. So I got a lot, like I have an owl out there. You know, owls are nocturnal. So in the middle of the night, that motherfucker be like, like, what are you rooting for? Go somewhere. So this bird was out there with this annoying chirp, just like, <laughs> and I legit like got up out the bed through the window all the way up and cussed that bird for everything. <laughs> just shut the ever like cut up about that bird. And so I, y'all, and I was like, it's me. I'm and I remember you came and I came and I went and you was like, you came and you was like, and then this happened. And I mean, you came. You was like, I cussed out a bird this morning. And I remember you, you were so enthralled in that. And I was like, I don't think that's what I, I did. I was like, I don't think that's a thing, Courtney. You was like, what thing does? I morning? said, I said, you cursed out a bird, my dude. You you cursed out a bird for chirping in the morning. Yes. <laughs> you. And I was like, but you had your window up. Like, you, you, <laughs> these were decisions you made. And you, remember, you were just like, you were just like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember we had to get nachos and really discuss that. And I remember you was just like, something is me. It's and me. you remember you were like, it's me. It's, it's me. me. And I need a moment. So, yeah, when you have, like, life will tell you you need a moment. Just I, listen. And I remember I was drinking my tea that morning because I said, you cussed out a bird? And he was like, I cussed that MF for help. And then I was like, I was mad. And I, mean, I literally was looking at your girls and was like, I'm going to let her have this. But we need to talk about this. Oh, my God. It was the rudest thing. Like, why, though? Because I don't have no bird for you. Like, I don't encourage the birds. Because, you know, you have bird feeders. Like, my homegirl, Jeannie and Trey. Hey, Jeannie and Trey. They have bird feeders and things. So, they're like, well, I cussed out a bird. That, But I'm not the only one. So, my friend, Steph, they had a woodpecker that was like, Right, they used to like be at their house, and she was like, she came outside one time. Are you trying to find validation like, right what? now? Because you'd be tired. But this is what tripped me I'm out, though. Because even be then, tired. I remember. I, so y'all, this is what made me laugh. I asked because this is this is going to bleed into that's not a thing. <laughs> um, I asked Courtney that day because I remember I was like, oh, I'm gonna do a little confrontation. That's a great <laughs> therapeutic technique, you guys. So I was like, well, do you not think you were like? Waking up the neighbors when you reached out the window and cursed it out, and she was like, "If my neighbors, and that bird probably was waking them up too." And you know what? I I had to get up. I work hard. I was like, I'm gonna, 
I was tired. But she came out that space. Because you, like. Because accountability is. Because I'm about to say, after about a minute, after you said, like, F them, they were. That's just like, you know what? Because that's how you. That's your favorite thing. That's how I know I always know when you're coming around. Because you were like, you know what? It's me. And you're like, I deserve nachos. I'm, I'm, I'm having a moment. It's tough. I'm struggling. We have broke bread over nachos a great oh deal of times. Oh, my God. Oh, I so miss working there. Yeah, I know. I miss you, too. Oh, we got to get it back. We're going to get it back. All right. So, um. Um, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. That was my not a thing. Well, <laughs> accountability is a thing. It is. And not owning your shit is not a thing. Yes. That is... Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, this is my not my that's not a thing, but I want to say this about experiencing hard things, experiencing traumatic things does not give you the right to then hurt others or not be a decent person. And I think sometimes people feel like because life has been hard or they've experienced atrocities mm-hmm. that they are now absolved of their responsibility to be a decent human being. And, and that's not, not a thing. Not a thing. Like, you have to be accountable for your behavior and your healing. Mm-hmm. You have to be accountable. No one else is going to fight for your healing. You have to be accountable for your behavior and your healing. You need to be on the forefront. And it's unfair, and I know we've said this in probably more than one episode, for someone to do something horrible to you and then run your life from the sidelines for forever. You know what I mean? Like, don't give people continued power. When we've had a moment where power has been stolen from us, don't continue to give the power Don't let away it be your drive. It shouldn't moment. be your drive. That Absolutely. shouldn't drive you. Absolutely. So that's not a thing. I also think what's not a thing is if you are a survivor of a traumatic experience, you can't tell another person that is experiencing trauma mm, how much they it. should feel. Mm. Or what they're, what they're feeling. Yeah. Like. Yes. Even if it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You experienced a, a similar act. You can't tell them because I feel like I've I've also experienced some people that are who are were survivors who are super resilient. Tell somebody almost trying to give them like a time frame. Yeah, like and you, you can't. Not, That's yeah. just like two siblings that lost a parent. They're gonna grieve that parent differently, Absolutely. and one might show it differently, or might—I'm not gonna say get over it, but might be able to bounce back quicker. And they can't say, "Whatever well, I did it." This is this is the number one quote: "I did it, you can do it too." Yes, yes, yeah. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I have two. That's not a thing. Okay, I'm in twos. Twos are the thing today. Hey. Um, number one. When people tell you they are hurting, when people tell you their story, believe them. If I'm coming to you and saying, this happened to me, this is how I'm experiencing this, this is how I'm feeling, I'm hurting, I'm sad, even if you're the reason for it, Mm -hmm. have the decency to believe them. Do not try to tell somebody else that 
their their feelings aren't valid or real or aren't like that. Like, no, you you do not get to steal someone's story or rewrite their story for them. Mm-hmm. Have the decency to at least hear and believe them, because even if their facts are wrong, their perception is true. That mm-hmm. is their perception of what happened to them. And so you cannot shift or deny their perception. It is their truth. Mm-hmm. And that's all they need. That's all. If a, if someone comes into me and they have schizophrenia and they're like, there's a little green man in the room, then there's a little green man in the room. I'm going to ask you, like, what is he doing? Exactly. Let's talk about him. <laughs> what is What's he doing? What's going on? What do you, or how are you feeling about the little green man? Is he your friend or is he your enemy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to argue with him or her about whether or not there is a little green man in the mm-hmm. room. I need to work through the fact that for them, there's a little green man in the room. And they have feelings about it. And that's where we Because that's exactly what I did with somebody the other day. <laughs> I was like, oh, you see what they do- what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to hurt you? Yeah. Oh, they just hugging you? Like, okay. Yeah. If you need that hug, take that hug. You know what I'm saying? So at least have the decency to allow people to have their story without you having to change it, correct it, make it about you. Let them have their moment. Take it from them. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. And then here's my second one, y'all. And I, hear me well, because I'm not y'all. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. You know what I'm saying? Like Whitney said, I love the Lord. I am a believer, and I would not be here today if it weren't for the grace of God. Okay. But prayer alone will not be your healing. That is not how that thing works. That is just not how it's going to work. Mm -hmm. And so believing that all you need to do is take it to the altar. If you have been sexually assaulted and you believe that taking it to the altar is all you need to do, then that is not, that is untrue. That is not a thing. You need to do all of the things to seek your healing. You need to own your story. You need to tell yourself the truth about mm-hmm. what really happened to you. You need to find support and resources. Yes, you definitely need to pray, but you need to also do the work because faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And the work is not praying. The work is faith. You know what I'm saying? The, like the faith is prayer. Mm-hmm. The work is seeking the help and doing the things that move you towards healing. So A, don't be telling nobody no dumb stuff. Like just pray about it. It's going to be fine. When they come to you about legit intense trauma that they've experienced. Okay. B, if you've experienced legit and intense trauma, don't fool yourself into thinking that that, is, that praying is the only way to seek your healing. Or that's the only component to healing. The answer to your prayers might be the resources that are out there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I've been on couches that have been a blessing to my soul. Legit. That is the... That's the blessing. That's the answer to the prayer. Thank you. (laughs) And so it's just incredibly important that you do all the things necessary to seek your healing. Because you deserve your healing. And God's purpose is not for you to suffer. Like I don't mm-hmm. like God's purpose is not for you to sit there and pray and then just sit and suffering. Like all the things that Earl listed, the anxiety, the depression, the reliving the triggers. Like you know what I mean? Like if all of those things are happening after you prayed, then there is more work to be done. 
a great just deal. know that and you're only prolonging your own healing like you know what I'm saying you're still gonna have to eventually do the work if you wanna move to another place in your life yeah so just do the work okay alright guys well we hope that this was informative um and this was a tough subject and sometimes when you talk about certain things you realize <laughs> that oh my gosh this has happened like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you get a trigger and you don't really know where to go so I think it would be we would be remiss to not mention um therapy for black girls has a um resource site where they have list of all kinds of, of all kinds of therapists in you know I th- hope I think many of the 50 states um, but they're a really good resource. And then also psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. is a really good resource. Go-to. Exactly. And if you have insurance, calling your like 1-800 customer service number and asking about your behavioral health benefits, mm-hmm. they can give you a list of therapists in your area, um, as well as also doing like an EAP um, if you have that available through your job. Because um, that can be maybe three to five free sessions. Um and so we will also have those links in the bio um, to click to the different resources. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that if you feel triggered by the conversation, then that is probably a good sign that, you know, there's work that needs to be done mm-hmm. and you need to reach out for support. Um, and we just thank you for um, just showing up again and listening and letting us share our knowledge with you guys and helping you all heal and move to closer towards healing. So our resources and our quote for today, um, we're going to pay homage to our girl Iyanla, who is incredibly resilient, who experienced immense trauma um, and moved to the other side of that. Um, And she has many books and we recommend that you read all of them um, and also follow her YouTube channel. But today we are going to talk about um, peace, P-E-A-C-E, from broken pieces, P-I-E-C-E-S. Um, that is, um, a book that I think came out in 2010. I think so. Um, but it's about resilience and experiencing hard things and then moving through them to the other side. Um, so peace from broken pieces is our resource today. And then our quote comes from Dave Pelzer, who is the author of the book, A Child Called It, um, which discusses, um, really, horrific trauma that he experienced at the hands of his mother um and he has two other books um because he eventually he was removed from the home and it's his process as a teenager and then his process as a man um but dave pelzer says even in its darkest passages the heart is unconquerable it is important that the body survives but it is more meaningful that the human spirit prevails And so we're just going to leave you with that today. Um, And just remember that your healing exists. I think sometimes when we've experienced hard things, we don't think that there's another side. We don't think that there's any relief. um, And your healing does exist. Um, And so fight for you. Um, So thank you guys for listening. Uh, Like, subscribe, share, rate. Uh, We're available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. All the places. All the things. All the things. <laughs> um, follow us on... Our personal pages. I am easy.ecm. E-A-Z-Y period E-C-M on Instagram. 
I am Courtney Leak LCSW on Instagram and Facebook, and then I am Courtney LCSW on Twitter. We are Hats Off Podcast COT on Instagram, and then Hats Off Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Follow, 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 share, 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 tell everyone, please go write a review if you need a tutorial on how to write a review on the podcast app for the iPhone. Mm Mm-hmm. Just go on down to our Instagram page while you're following it and watch the tutorial. <laughs> mm-hmm. And please send us questions of the day for the question of the day segment at hatsoffpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Well, we will have a couple of more episodes this season. Um, we're really excited about the last episode. Um, and then we were going to take a little break. Because anonymous breaks are a thing. Hello. So, um, we will... We're taking a moment. We are taking a moment. (laughs) Um, but not right now. We have a few more episodes in us before that happens. So, we appreciate you, Hathead. Shout out to all our new listeners and our old listeners. And, uh, you guys are keeping us motivated. So, just keep sending us those good vibes and all that good stuff. Until next time, be you. Be true. Hats Hats off. Hats off is brought to you by Earl Martin and my mommy, Courtney Lee. And I'm Carter.